0: Hello, my friends, it's Isabella Lump here, the world messenger, and I'm welcoming you for another Powerful Legacy Leader show. Today, I have a very special guest that is coming from Naples, Florida, and I cannot wait to deep dive in conversation with subject matter expert and neuropsychology here that is focusing on brain, brain health, and obviously brain healthy lifestyle. Please welcome Dr. Paul Newsbaum. Isabella? Yes. Hello. Welcome.
1: It's great to be here with you, thank you.
0: Thank you for the opportunity for joining us. I know you have an extremely busy schedule, uh, but it is absolute pleasure uh, to have you on the Legacy Leader Show. Paul, do you mind sharing a little bit about your background before you turn into this very well-renowned subject matter expert in neuropsychology? What prompts you to study that field or just be in medicine, regardless?
1: Sure. Yeah, so I've always been a bit obsessed with human beings and uh, was the person that always watched uh, humans and continue to do that with great uh, interest. Um, I think we're a fascinating um, species and uh, we, never, we never disappoint, do we? Um, I always laugh, uh, try to make fun and say, you know, you don't need to pay to go to the zoo, just look at humans. We, uh, we're, we're very interesting. So I studied uh, human behavior and became uh, very interested, fell in love with the human brain uh, and always wanted to learn how to be successful in terms of aging across a lifespan so uh, you put all that together in a bit of a stew right intellectually and you come out with um, neuropsychology and um, i've spent the past 20 years uh, teaching the general public about the miracle that sits between our ears the human brain and how we can shape it for health and along the way what that has done for me has gotten me in front of um, uh, entities organizations individuals that i never dreamed i would if i would have stayed in my academic silo um, and have gotten to hear just wonderful stories and the power of the human spirit. Um, so it's been a fascinating journey for me. And uh, but at the at the you know at the, the essence is my uh, my love of humans and and uh, trying to understand and trying to help individuals reach peak potential.
0: That's fantastic. And we were talking about a peak potential also in terms of performance, right? Uh, what right. we ongoing uncharted territories and, and aiming for more and accomplishing more than we ever thought that we could. Do you mention some great examples of what you see in recent year happenings with with some of those performers reaching that peak potential and how they look like and when it's actionably applied?
1: Sure. So it happens at all ages, right, Isabel? I mean, it doesn't have to be anything uh, all that fancy, but it's always very important to the individual. So, for example, I had a... Uh, one young man who was probably 16 years of age, who hadn't been doing very well with his baseball career. And really what we got to there with a brief conversation was what he wanted to do in life and what the pressures were being placed on him internally and from others that were keeping him from peak potential. Once we got rid of those, and we realized that he could be freed of those, he actually did very, very well in his baseball career. I've had, I think like you in your own career, folks who are billionaires, uh, literally in my office, and they get trapped by what i call superman's cape and that they're not able to express some of the insecurities they have why do they have insecurities because they're human uh and they're not able to express them because they wear superman's cape and nobody's going to tell them the truth because they're at the top of the pyramid and um so what i have found in that case is being able to talk to someone frankly uh and to understand them as a human regardless of money or any of the background stuff again, frees them up. And really what I've learned over time, and I would say from a clinical perspective, individuals, let's say, who are diagnosed with a cancer, um, it's really important for them to understand that they're not de- defined by the cancer. And so really what's happening with each of these uh, case vignettes that I'm just coming off with at the top of my head mm-hmm. is that they're being freed of extraneous uh, limitations that are being placed on them or they're, they're buying into and once that gets freed, their inner beauty comes out, and oftentimes they are able to not only meet what they've done in the past in terms of expectations, but exceed that, because we all have that power within us. We just get stopped by, uh, by some fears and some things that aren't necessarily factual.
0: And I'm so glad you explained that, but also touched on the very much so important element that I'm seeing across the nation and around the world, the fear factor that tremendously increased. Uh, with obviously not only current events, but just the fact that it's very little unknown uh, what COVID does to human body, and then how it's affecting us, but also economy, a lot of uncertainties, and we have true danger, and then we also have a fear factor. So do you mind, I'll touch a little bit on that, please.
1: No, sure. So I, back in March, when I uh, was paying attention to the same thing you were paying attention To one of the concerns I had was uh, that we weren't talking enough about psychological health, mental health. Um, And so I was reaching out to my network. And since that time, I've been very busy talking to different sectors of society, wealth management, senior living, uh, healthcare, education, because of the exact thing you're talking about that number one, psychological health is very, very important, regardless of COVID. Um, But what has happened is, There's been a daily barrage of information coming at us about how catastrophic certain things are. And we just got back off of a conversation, you and me, about expectations and perceptions. And I can scare anybody to death by bombarding you with information every day about whatever it is. Um, And what I've tried to help people with is that this thing, this COVID, the economy, what we're seeing on the TV screen every night in terms of violence um, is frightening. um, And it takes away our control. I saw a survey today where over 50 some percent of individuals are even afraid to express themselves for fear of retaliation. That's not the United States of America and that's not an ingredient for psychological health, okay? Even if I don't agree with what you're gonna say, you should not be afraid to say it. And that's where we are right now in the nation and it's a, it's a huge set of ingredients for us to be psychologically unstable. Now, I don't mean that clinically, uh, Isabella. I mean that in terms of my anxiety is higher, I don't feel like I'm in control. I feel sad. Uh, I'm losing sleep. Uh, Nutritionally, I changed. I'm not mobile. I'm not motivated. All these things are what millions of Americans are experiencing right now. The good news is because of the power of the brain, we do have the ability to regain control. And we can do that through what I call some things like neurospiritual practices, such for, and medical people don't talk this way. So be ready please,
0: please, I love it because we need to have alternative and I work with so many psychologists psychiatrists over the years and I always find when we go from a traditional Western approach and blended with other elements and look at things holistically that's the where the secret sauce is
1: that's so, right and, and you know as I as I tell people you know chances are I may be burned at the stake for what I'm about to say at least that's what had happened in the past anyway you know, it, it, it really gets down to, the, and there's not five steps, there's not seven ingredients, there's not, you know, it's more complicated than that. It's it's a, it's a taking a time out and saying, where am I with this? Um, what is it that I'm really believing and how is my control being taken from me? And then feeling self-empowered to regain control. But, you know, daily practices of, particularly when we're humbled. Mm-hmm. And right now we're humbled. We, we've been We've been put in our home, we've been locked down, we've been told to do certain things that we need to do, <clears throat> um, but it's, it's humbling. And sometimes our greatest com- power comes when we're humbled. Um, but you know, daily practices of love, I don't, I don't know you, but I can tell you that I love you as a human and I care for you, and if you would need me to care for you even more, I would. And I would, I would hope that you'd feel the same way for me. And when we do that for strangers and for people in need, The brain responds because the same thing that happens in my brain uh, when I feel anxiety and and depression, the same area I should say of the brain that gets hit with depression and anxiety uh, and stress, love forms in the same region. And it promotes very healthy hormones like oxytocin and like dopamine, neurochemicals. And when I produce acts of kindness, it's different than when I produce acts of anger. And the interesting thing is when you forgive and when you love and when you promote acts of kindness, your brain cannot physiologically be angry. It cannot happen simultaneously. So I've been on a bit of a mission to get back to the basics of what grandma taught you and taught me. It doesn't have to be rocket science, but we have it within us to be better stewards of the planet, to be better stewards for each other to be more uh, love makers and not anger makers. And, and that stuff has tremendous benefit. It brings us together. Um, and part of that, Isabella, is something that I talk about. I don't think our answers are earth bound. I think this is a time when we need to really appreciate a higher being, even for those who don't believe in a higher being. There was an interesting survey that said during this time of COVID, even people that have no religion, don't believe in a God have turned to prayer as a means of managing and coping. And sometimes turning away from the earthbound is a way for all of us to come together uh, because that's how we all got here. And as a psychologist and a, and a medical person, and I published on this, that we have to have the audacity and the courage to talk about these things in the open, to practice them, uh, to not be so hard on ourselves. We're all gonna make mistakes, um, but if we practice these things, good things blood our body and better things happen for society
0: that is so powerful and i cannot agree more with you because um takes away all the barriers and all negativity and give us a chance to connect in meaningful way in genuine way when we express that genuine interest in well-being of others uh and as a result we can move things uh much faster much greater because we're coming together as a collective right now because we're not um fuses that all over and, and you just kind of like dodging the bullets so to speak uh and sometimes in some areas in some cities even literally because uh danger is very prominent uh and 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 it's very different from what we used to right and then it's like how do you cope now um and as a result i've seen two extremes so in terms of uh some of the practical applications uh what would you suggest uh obviously it's self-centered being that conduit of love and positive energy and desire to help others, or at least be the positive force, if nothing else, and and, and allow others to do what they needed to do, what else would you suggest will be good practical application on daily basis? Because a lot of people are like, what what should I do? And and sometimes we forget the most basic, most essential steps, or most essential things we can do.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, I I don't pretend to have all the answers, but here's some, here's some suggestions. Turn your TV off. I I know that sounds a bit callous and whatnot, but turn your TV off because we're getting, and turn off the iPad for a while and create more time. As you said, when we started this, we need to look eyeball to eyeball, right? And there's tremendous physiological health by doing that as I look you in the eyes and spend more time together. Um, When we converse, it's okay to express what we're feeling. Getting back to the Superman cape analogy, a lot of people are walking around, you're right, dodging bullets literally and metaphorically, psychologically, and we keep it inside and we don't talk. So how about around the dinner table tonight, if you have kids or maybe the kids are growing up, maybe on the phone or if you do a Zoom thing with the family, ask everybody how they're doing. Mm-hmm. How many times do we not do that? Hey, how are you handling all this? You know. And just because you have a 20 year old or 25 year old or an 18 year old or 10 year old, guess what? They all need to be able to express themselves. When you find that you have differences as a practical example, and we all do in the family, there's going to be three that believe in this and be two that believe in that. We don't agree, but we still love each other. Tone down the uh, volume of your speech. Just talk about and listen. Need to be better listeners. Isabella. I don't agree with you on that issue, but I'm be- I'm understanding better because of what you told me. Now, the way I'm talking right now is the same way I talked to my new granddaughter, okay? Mm-hmm. We can have the same conversation, and when you were a little girl and I was a little boy, that's kind of the way we did it. Now, we're yelling at each other so much that we can't even have a decent conversation. And from the brain perspective, as a practical issue, I would say, let's not be so deep into the volatile, emotional area of our brain. Let's get a little bit more to the logical, rational area of our brain and just have na- nice conversations. So turn the TV off, focus more on how you can practice love, kindness, and compassion, understand there's differences, respect them, talk as if you were trying to put your one-year-old granddaughter to bed, uh, and, and be okay with disagreements. You know, everything is politicized now, And I'm not a politician, but what I try to tell people is go vote your conscience on November 3rd, whatever it is. You know, in the meantime, let you and I go get an ice cream cone and have a good day, okay, because this may be our last day. You want to do it fighting and yelling? I don't. It's bad for my body. Now, in addition to all those things, it is true what we know about we're too sedentary, particularly COVID has made us too sedentary. I've noticed something about my belly. It's gotten a bit bigger during COVID, so I need to get out and move, okay? Very yeah. I pray more often now, but a person may have a different spiritual experience. Maybe it's being with nature. Maybe it's meditating. Maybe it's doing more yoga. We need to be more conscious about what we're eating. All those things are very important, okay? The vulnerable population, the older adult population who may be in uh, nursing homes or personal care settings, are very confused. And they may be mentally clear, but they're confused what's going on. Why are you coming to me with a mask on? So, technology has helped us, and technology can help us at this time communicate and look each other in the eye. Uh, we're in two different cities, but we're looking each other in the eye. Um, nice. I appreciate your smile. Uh, people that smile, Mother Teresa used to say, You want to have a loving planet, start it with a smile. Um, So those are just some practical ideas of what we can do. But by far and away, it all begins internally by making a choice. We're the only organism on the planet, Isabella, who through a thought, through a thought, can be miserable or happy. So anybody that's watching this on planet Earth, choose to be happy. And along the way, go make somebody else happy. Uh, And if we can just do that one person at a time, it's what grandma taught us. It's not rocket science, understand. It's not in the form of a pill or a liquid, but it is real and genuine, and it changes our physiology for the better.
0: That is excellent excellent advice and, and a lot of great points there because some often when we're in that high anxiety level, it's very hard to bring it down and go to basics and some of the things you just mentioned, even just things like having ice cream. Who is not happy having an ice cream, you know, and, and, and brings all those great childhood memories and go to something that brings the joy in everyday life. And I love what you also said in terms of truly genuinely connect with the family. We forgot to have a conversation in a way. We're being pushed so much with technology in other spectrum to go 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 and perform and to contribute and give but then it's like you can't keep giving if you're empty or if you're burned out and if you are not able to uh, rationalize I just just said and you're constantly in an emotion space that is not helping anybody and it's so hard for me personally to see a lot of people that are lashing out, acting out, because I can see that their emotional capacity is already overflowing, and they cannot add any little piece to it, and how much they're in pain state. Uh, And then now bringing this back to work performance, if you don't mind for a second. I'm hearing so many uh, clients and people saying, Isabella, I have a hard time getting motivated. Uh, How do I now, uh, put all this side, and just focus on tasks that everything now feels so meaningless it doesn 't have the same value uh because I never know if i 'm gonna see my parents again or I never know if yeah, I will have a chance to fix or correct things i put put on hold and and stuff like that so with those things coming up what do you suggest in terms of work performance and employers because i really want to because i know there will be ceos and executives watching this as well and i wanted to create the bond that regardless of hierarchy we have an organizational structure that we are first and foremost human and if you don't mind giving some really good points to them how to navigate this effectively because i can't say that many organizations are really actually doing that well
1: Right? No, I, I think you're right. And it doesn't matter where we are, right, at the home or the work site or the school. We're humans, so all these things are going to be uh, being played out. You know, as a leader of any company, in the same way I just said, perhaps as a leader of a family or a parent in a family, you have to kind of talk about some things. And I always find it very powerful, if I was a CEO or the leader uh, or a manager, to say, to start with me and where I am. This is what I'm experiencing. This is, this is what I'm trying to balance. I think it is human nature to understand that, and our DNA is set up to be negative. And the reason our DNA is set up to be negative is that we have to survive. It used to be animals chasing us, we don't have that so much uh, now, but we tend to catastrophize. Uh, and so I think really breaking down when someone says I'm overwhelmed or we not feeling joy to break down exactly what they're experiencing because we can manage things that we can identify. But if we catastrophize it and we think it's something much bigger than it is, not only can't we manage it, we're not going to want to. And that's when the system shuts down, and that's called learned helplessness, okay? Um, I'm a big promoter of the human spirit, and so trying to help people regain uh, why they're in a position uh, at, at a place of employment, why they've been hired. I had a talk with a sales team the other day, and I said, why did the person call you in the first place? Because they believed in you. Now, you may not feel right now you're equipped to give the sales pitch the way you used to, but that's your stuff, and we can work on that. But there's a reason why they came to you. There's a reason why you were hired. And we got to get back to that uh, a little bit. But open dialogue is really, really important now around the care planning table, around the, the C-suite. And I don't care who you are. Um, like you, I've been with top CEOs in the country. I I don't distinguish or discriminate or segregate on any of those things. You're a human being to me. I'm glad you make all that money. I'm glad you got all these credentials. I got a lot of them too. But guess what? I have insecurities. You're telling me you don't. Well, let's start right now by telling the truth. Okay? And it begins that way. And and oftentimes, you know, it, the thing about leadership and you're an expert in this, you can look at leadership couple of different ways. What are the ingredients to leadership? I tend to look at it from the other way and say, why do people follow you? Because you ain't a leader if nobody's following you, okay? Now there's some bad examples in our history of why people follow, but by and large, there's a reason why, good reasons why people follow. And so that leader in the company who's experienced the same things that maybe I'm, as an hourly worker, I'm experiencing, needs to communicate, needs to be open, needs to bring people in, gives an opportunity for people to express And they talk about some of the practical things you and I talked about. Yeah, it's in an employment setting, but it's still where humans are. Um, And oftentimes when people are able to express what they're going through, that's the power. That's the therapy. That's the catharsis. And when you free yourself up from those limitations, those restrictions, those potholes, as I call them, Mm -hmm. your family dynamic increases, your relationship increases with others, your work performance increases. Um, because it's the same limitations keeping us down across our uh, our journey in life, be it in the workplace, the home place, the school place, wherever it is.
0: Wow, that is that is very powerful. Again, thank you so much. Um, so if you don't mind, what tools and suggestions you have? I know you are ambassador for CRX21, uh, CR21X, I'm sorry. Uh, and if you don't mind sharing a little bit about uh, tools like like that or similar tools that are available because a lot of um, as you know we're in the fixing state so that's how we can fix this and 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 yeah. how can I quickly get where I want it to be that's yeah. the question of the day and it's been for centuries but more than ever it's right now right it's right. like I want to get into this other state and, and and it's like I'm doer how do I get there and I and I keep saying I was like how about being first so then you can do it if you're not right. in the state of being you right. cannot make that happen easily So you're forcing and and challenging yourself. So of course then comes conversations around the tools and what tools, what surveys, what assessments, how should I know where I'm at? uh, Am I improving? Am I going up or down? So it's just very interesting and specifically when you're dealing with a lot of, uh, again, leaders, but people, In in, in power and charge that they really want to measure something. So do you mind sharing a little bit those aspects uh, so that they can at least satisfy their appetite for metrics culture, but also feel in in addition, just to see the change and improvement.
1: Yeah, so all of these measures are important. They give us feedback right and we're humans. We like to have feedback. One of the comments I always make, though, is We may have a scale in our house where we weigh ourselves, but you're not gonna use it until you start a diet, right? Once you start a diet, you're gonna use the scale. If you don't start a diet, you're not gonna use the scale because you want feedback. That goes to your point about being. So if we're willing and we're motivated to take some time out to make some of the changes you and I suggested, then the tools become important, okay? So the Fitbit becomes important. A scale in our house becomes important. Uh, Taking your blood pressure daily becomes important. The RC21X, named after Roberto Clemente, and I know you have Roberto Jr. on your, uh, on, your on one of your programs, um, is a company, and I get together with a lot of companies, but this is a company I got together with for one reason, which is that I'm very consumer-oriented, so I'm general public-oriented. Dr. Nussbaum would rather talk to moms and dads across dinner tables than other PhDs and MDs, okay? The RC21X is a uh, Fitbit for the brain. So it measures your neurocognitive and neuromotor performance on a daily basis or as you choose to measure it based on the frequency you wanna measure it. So it puts the power into the consumer hands. Why is that important? We have an app now called Roberto. Mm -hmm. Roberto takes about six minutes. You get like 1500 pieces of data, okay? The desktop, it takes 12 minutes. You get 3000 bits of data. So you talk about data analytics, which you know is so important in terms of human performance and and company performance. So imagine a a company, for example, being able to measure their employees' neurocognitive, neuromotor performance on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis. The company's able to generate a normative profile for their employees during times of COVID. What's happening in terms of work performance and our ability to think? When you're anxious and you're not sleeping quite as well, start with me, if I'm anxious and I'm not sleeping quite as well, I tend to forget, that's normal. Isabel, I can't tell you the number of times I've had 50 year olds come into my office who think they have Alzheimer's now by their age, they don't wow. Turns out they tend to be very high performers. They tend to be stressed out and they're they're balancing 38 balls at once. And they don't know how not to do that. They don't know how they get more anxious, the more they try to relax. And so we have to work on all of that. But this is a tool that um, Is is still unique because it's consumer based. So you don't have to come to my office. You don't have to bill insurance and those kinds of things. It's not clinical, it's not diagnosing. It's just providing individuals some, uh, uh, some, uh, some numbers in terms of their memory, their attention, uh, their ability to make decisions, their reaction time. These things are important as we put it as part of our overall comprehensive lifestyle.
0: That's fantastic. So something that is being extremely valuable uh, uh, as, as a tool because I'm also learning about it. But reason, I also wanted to uh, mention some of the techniques because um, more and more people are also discovering. And this is something I also want to ask you as we're uh, adopting a learning to COVID world, which is insanely challenging on its own, right? Uh, on top of it, now we're learning that it's also not only affecting lungs because we're focusing on most important uh, intervention. If you can't breathe, you're dying. So we need to do something. But then what it does actually to brain and more and more it's been uh, now spoken about uh, how brain is being affected. And do you mind sharing anything related uh, if you are aware of any research or any data or any ways how the people can pay attention, but also do maybe some intervention and prevention early because um, I'm hearing that it's affecting a lot of people neurologically. They have a lot of neurological incidents, some people even suicidal and even worse off afterwards. And, and uh, it's, it's just creating a lot of confusion. So do you mind dispelling some of those myths or, or affirming them or, or just telling us what do you think uh, it's really happening right now?
1: Yeah, so with COVID, that, that which we know, it does, it does affect the central nervous system, but they're rare cases. And what we have learned symptomatically that we can see are hallucinations. Um, you believe something is happening either through your visual system, your auditory, your tactile, which really is not, that's an hallucination. Uh, confusion can occur. Um, certainly uh, reduced thinking ability, you hear about fatigue We've already spent some time talking about the emotional system that gets hit—that's anxiety, depression, those kinds of things—which is secondary to what we're seeing out there. But that's a brain, that's a central nervous system issue. That's where depression starts and anxiety starts as well. The good news is that the structural changes, the neurochemical changes that may occur, such as leading to hallucinations or delusions, abnormal thinking, or the confusion, is rare. And those are in the more severe cases, uh, and Typically by that time, uh, the person is already under medical care. Um, But it's also important to point out to individuals that, again, if if you're experiencing lack of motivation and fatigue uh, and high anxiety, you will not be thinking as clearly. You will experience some forgetfulness. You will experience slowed responding. Uh, That's not the same thing as what we think COVID is causing with hallucinations. Uh, the anxiety, the, psych- the psychological distress, which can lead to thinking issues, is much more common. Um, but that's where we have more control, even without being uh, in need of medical care.
0: And any suggestions on, on that that we did not already touch on so that people can get a peace of mind? Because, uh uh again even just the lack of information or misinformation as we know creates tremendous anxiety but also for people now it's like oh my god i'm seeing this i'm feeling this so it's like come on let's 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 pause a little bit let's love a set and, and figure it out what what we're really seeing here so
1: yeah I, so i'm a baby boomer right my generation is the king and queen of uh, going online and diagnosing ourselves and making things worse than you know they are and when we go into the doctor and we tell the doctor everything we have um, so you're right I think it's a matter of taking a deep breath that a lot of the symptoms or signs that we may be experiencing we can be convinced that we have because we're being bombarded by all these things and that's normal that doesn't make you abnormal that's normal um, and we can conjure up things through the power of our mind okay yes. so it's important to take a deep breath and pull back turn the stimulation bombardment off try to reflect on where you are if you believe you are seriously experiencing symptoms of depression or anxiety, that's a good conversation for you to have with your primary care physician as a start, okay? Without a doubt, and there's nothing wrong with that, okay? Um, And and that kind of conversation, because your primary care physician knows your medical background and your your historical background can be very powerful in the next steps. But I guarantee you some of the next steps are gonna be the things you and I talked about today, uh, Isabella. By turning inward, by meditating, by prayer, by doing yoga, by taking more walks, by slowing down your central nervous system, slow it down, Um, you will find that your bandwidth increases with what you're able to cope with. Your perception of what is a problem versus what's not a problem becomes magnified. Um, And your ability to kind of manage those things then therefore becomes magnified. Uh, But if you don't slow down and you take all these things on, you're going to feel overwhelmed, your bandwidth gets reduced, and you're going to convince yourself you have things you really don't. Unfortunately, that's what happens when you have all the factors you talked about that are bombarding our society right now.
0: Yes, and that is creating tremendous anxiety and and a lot of people's, uh, and and, and as a result, people are making a lot of decision choices based on fear and and a lot of them are not necessarily making the best choices and decisions. And as a result, we're seeing so much more of conflict and domestic violence and more retaliation at work Do you, as you mentioned people that are afraid of to speak up and have this uh, neutral tone and whatnot so uh with all of that in mind obviously it's it's a glimmer of hope and more than a glimmer of hope as you said because when we go back in that state uh everything is great um because we feel so much better and when you impose state of positivity uh, you have much better ability to Project or look at or, or the world around you and feel more hopeful versus feeling hopeless. Um, so, uh, any other suggestions, advice that we did not touch from based on neuropsychology and progression of the science that you would recommend to uh, anybody that is listening and and anybody that is dealing with somebody very a difficult and challenging their environment that they cannot change because I'm also hearing people, it's great because I can afford to step away or have controlled environment, but many people don't have controlled environment and and specifically children. And uh, and right now with schools being shut down, right now with other layers of our societal infrastructure being uh, tremendously affected, um, what would you recommend around that?
1: Well, it's the same thing, right? So the first one is easier because we can control kind of what we do. So I'm really a big advocate of each and every day, uh, starting out with some quiet time for yourself, whether it be prayer, meditation, stretching, whatever it is, experience nature, whatever it is, um, before you get into your your daily activity. Um, Do the things we talked about as you move forward, trying to practice kindness and love to others. When you're in a situation where maybe there's some others not willing to change or what they're going through makes it so much more difficult for you. Again, you have to kind of identify what it is you're coping with and what you're able to manage. And it's not a bad idea to ask for help, to bring in other resources to help you cope. If you're essentially in the role of a caregiver, be it a healthy caregiving situation or an unhealthy dysfunctional caregiving situation, it's important that you don't take all that on because otherwise, once again, you're gonna get overwhelmed. And you will not be able to function as well as you can when you're overwhelmed. There are cases like that out there, particularly when we're being told what we can and cannot do. Um, so those those are the you know, those are the kinds of things that I would I would encourage each. But it always starts with the individual. Right. You have to kind of know where they are, what they perceive, how they're doing, what they do successfully, and where they're overwhelmed and then try to make things in small uh bites that are manageable for them to, to kind of see some light at, uh, at, at the end of the tunnel. You know, by and large, for me, I think the bottom line is I'll go down being an optimist. I've, uh, because of some family situations, I've traveled 20 States driving recently, 5,000 miles. And wow. the thing I can tell you is across all those States that had all different kinds of regulations, restrictions, the power of the human spirit is strong. People are trying to do their best. If their businesses are opening up, they're wearing masks. They're treating everybody with respect. They're cleaning things. They're doing the best they can. They come together, they talk. They're frustrated, but they're getting through it. And, and the power of, of, of each and every one of us, individually and collectively, we will get through this regardless of what you uh, hear, and we are getting through it. And we're gonna be stronger. We're gonna be stronger. And, and, and the American spirit and the human spirit is tremendous. And this thing, COVID, what's going on in our country, the elections every four years, that stuff doesn't touch us, okay? If we don't let it touch us. So take that control starting today to be kind to another person, to be loving, to understand that you're beautiful and who you are, um, to turn to the non-Earthbound. Um, and, and I think that that's gonna help in a lot of ways. It's what grandma taught us.
0: That is so beautiful reminder and we're so far more resilient and we are actually allowed ourselves to believe and then, then maybe what others have wanted us to believe and you're spot on and I'm glad you, that you shared also that pulse from the grounds going to these different states and different places where you see uh, strong American spirits and, and on that note with everything that else is coming in your world with so many great accomplishments in neuropsychology and, and other research and whatnot what is there uh, next
1: for you, uh, Dr. Nurnberg So I'm, I'm a Christian by faith and um, and I've really tried to look at the neurobiology of love and forgiveness. And I study those things and I write about them and I try to practice them. And, and somebody asked me that same question not too long ago and it's not an easy question to answer actually. It, it takes some time and I think the bottom line for me at this point in my career where I believe I'm metaphorically coming around the track for my final turn uh isabella is to bring people hope mm. that's what i want to do i want to i want to at least try to bring people hope and if i can do that um that's what i want to be remembered for
0: and you're already definitely doing that and 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 you're already making that happen so uh you, you definitely are making tremendous impact from colleagues and people mm-hmm. that I had a chance to speak with. And uh, that is so beautiful. And, and it's great that we have a people in traditional Western approach to psychology that are seeing what else is missing and they're willing to push the envelope and transform uh, perception psychology and neuropsychology specifically, how it's affecting us and all our being. So, Thank you. Thank you for everything that you do, uh, Dr. Nussbaum. I'm sorry. Uh, And one of the questions in the closing, what would you like to leave our listeners and our audience with? Uh, You covered a lot of great um, uh, examples and, and practical applications. Uh, as well as empowerment here and and I'm so glad that this uh, this is exactly what everybody needs to hear this is what I needed to hear so I, from selfish reasons so to like thank you but I'm also excited to share my with my listeners and our audience uh, of the message that is very very important right now and very timely
1: yeah don't be um, the message would be um, understand that you're you're incredibly empowered to be the best that you can be and don't let these other entities don't let other messages don't let the poison that's out there bring you down you're so much better than that you're a force of change you're the only organism that can be happy or miserable go be happy today do what you need to do to be happy today and bring somebody along with you who's struggling you have that power your brain permits you to do that
0: fantastic Thank you so much for joining us and have a fantastic rest of your day.
1: You too, Isabella. Thank you so much. Thank you for your work.
0: Likewise.